Hey ladies and gents and welcome back to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. It is episode 11 and I'm joined as always by Jordan and Dominic. What's up guys? Beyond. What's going on? So we're going to be getting into what we've been playing this week. Um, I haven't been playing a whole lot. I've uh, been playing Lords of the Fallen. We were talking about it before the show started. Uh, it's basically like off-brand Dark Souls and that may sound bad to a lot of people but in reality it's it's really solid. It takes a lot of the mechanics from Dark Souls, so, like, if you die, your quote-unquote souls, but in this game it's experience, uh, get put wherever you die and you have to go and pick them up. The thing about this that I don't remember Dark Souls, and you can correct me, Dom, when you die, if you, obviously if you die again, your souls disappear, right? If, is there a time limit, or are they there permanently until you oh. either pick them up or die? They're there permanently. If you shut the game off and come back, they'll still be there. Yeah, so that's the thing with uh, with Lords of the Fallen is there's actually a time limit. So if you don't make it back to your, your quote-unquote like ghost corpse to get your XP back in enough time, it'll just disappear and you'll lose it. So it's an added difficulty, I think. Um, they add in like the backstab like crit mechanic from Dark Souls. There's a quote-unquote bonfire uh, mechanic. Um, there's a lot of things that are similar to Dark Souls, but there are a lot of things that are different enough to make it its own game. I think it's a really cool IP. I think it has a chance to um, to flourish. Uh, I don't think a lot of people played it. Um, it actually became free last month or the month before on Xbox. Uh, Jordan, you said you had downloaded it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, long story short, I've been having a blast with that. I'll probably bring it up when I actually finish the game. I'm about halfway through, maybe like 45% through the game, so that's cool. Also been playing through Ori and the Blind Forest again, um, just like an achievement run to get achievements that I missed the first time I played through. I don't know if either of you guys are familiar with it. Um, it was an Xbox exclusive, um, beautiful art indie game. It's really cool. Um, just a fun time platformer. Uh, very sad. It's like a Pixar movie. It's really sad. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend uh, Lords of the Fallen and uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. Anybody who hasn't played, especially Ori and the Blind Forest, like that in Valiant Hearts are some of the best indie games I've ever played. I love those games, along with, like, Limbo. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I haven't been playing too much this week. What about you guys? <laughs> no? No good? <laughs> no. All right. Well, that was my best Uncharted music theme song, whatever we want to call it. Uh, that's what I've been playing is Uncharted 4, and, whew, man, we'll talk about it later, but... Is it a 10 <laughs> out of 10? Is it, is it the best game you ever played? It looks so good, I can't even believe it, man. <laughs> is it an 8.8 yeah. you don't want to get flack yeah holy shit but yeah i, I give it a 10 okay uh, is that all you've been um, playing just uncharted no dark souls 3 no ratchet took a break completed ratchet a while back T taking a break from dark souls for a while here while i uh, while i get through uncharted i also do want to point out i ordered up a uncharted you know the the gray blue uh, dualshock 4 Ooh. and that just came in today i think it's beautiful um yeah i've been thinking about getting one of those yeah, it's fantastic. It was like 50 bucks on Amazon, so not too bad. But yeah. Um, also, now that I was done getting distracted with Ocarina of Time on 3DS, I went back to Fire Emblem. So I'm nearly done with that, um, which has been fun. But Jared, uh, that brings me to a new point where I want to ask, what, what should I play next on 3DS? I'm, I really want to jump back into Pokemon, but I'm yeah. not sure where I should go next. Um, I haven't played one since Crystal. Version. So you have, two, you have two jumping off points I'd recommend. One, there's the the remakes. Well, not remake. It's just like they ported it, literally the old game, right? Yep. So yep. red, blue, yellow. Those are like ten bucks. Um, those are really cool just for nostalgic purposes. And uh, if you're gonna jump back in, I would personally I would recommend either X or Y just because it's the latest one, so it has the latest mechanics. So if you decide to play Sun and Moon, um, yeah, I would I would probably recommend X and Y. The black and white games are really solid, but. For you not playing since you said Crystal, I would go with X or Y. Look at both of the, the legendaries and see which one you like more and pick which one you want. That's really how I would say they're, you know how Pokemon games are. They're pretty much the same thing, slightly different story. It's all about the legendary and the specific Pokemon. So I would do a little research, see what's in X, what's in Y, and then pick out of those two. Back to, you, so I think you just had finished what you were playing, right? You were just wondering what else to play on the 3DS. Yeah, so yeah. I guess, uh, <laughs> Jordan, what have you been playing? <laughs> um... So, I have also been playing Uncharted 4. That's our big PlayStation 4 exclusive for the week. And, um, hate to say it, but of course the internet is just slobbering all over Naughty Dog's Naughty Knob. So, I, um, I, I enjoy the game. I'll, I'll keep it simple there. I'm enjoying the game, but yeah, I do like most of Naughty Dog's games since 
Jack X Combat Racing, I do think that it is somewhat overrated. Um, and besides that, I just turned on The Witcher earlier today and started playing the first DLC pack, um, Hearts of Stone, because um, I'm getting ready for the second DLC pack, Blood and Wine, which comes out at the end of this month, I think like May 31st, if I'm right. So we'll be talking about that in just a second, but um, yeah, you know, just getting back to one of my favorite games of all time. Um, ready to spend some more hours with it just kind of hopped in and like picked up my first couple quests for the dlc so um so far the characters that they're introducing are really cool and i'm enjoying it so i'm excited to get more into that awesome so you guys have heard what we've been playing this week we're gonna get right into the news here a couple of huge announcements um actually we have three big announcements the first one being uh the new england patriots star tight end rob gronkowski is going to be the cover athlete for madden 17 um, it's a very de- divisive pick. Uh, a lot of people love the Patriots. A lot of people don't love the Patriots, to put it simply. Um, Gronk, happy he on Madden cover. <laughs> <laughs> the Civilization Six trailer was announced. Uh, Sid Meier's Civ Six. Uh, the last one was Beyond Earth. And it was actually uh, voiced beyond. over by... What do you say? I said Beyond. Oh, beyond Earth. Uh, it was voiced over by Sean Bean, everyone's favorite character that dies in everything he's in, except for like the Martian. Um, he actually lived in that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so the Civ Six trailer looks cool. Uh, I've played the Civ Six, Civ Six. I've played the Civilization games. They're not necessarily my cup of tea. I don't like that kind of gameplay, but they are like a respected franchise. Like people know about Civ and people love Civ. Um, did you guys see the trailer? I didn't. I just saw that it had been announced. The trailer's really cool. So, it like, does this, like, weird, like, parallaxing thing of, like, classic, like, historic photos. Um, and it basically has a voiceover of Sean Bean talking about, like, the world and stuff like that. And it was a really well-done trailer. And it actually had a release date. It's coming out October 21st of this year. So, another one of these games that's like, hey, here's our trailer. You didn't know about the game. And here, it's coming out this year. So, that trend is definitely on the up and up, and it's cool to see that because anybody who is a fan of Civ, to hear that it's announced and then not have to wait a whole year for it is awesome, right? So that's really cool. Um, so Civ 6 coming your guys' way this October. I don't think we have too much to say about that. But we were talking about Pokemon earlier. Um, everyone knew Pokemon Sun and Moon were going to be this year's Pokemon games, and we were just waiting to see any details. What was going to happen? Um, not only did we get the starters uh, announced, we actually got a, a release date. So Pokemon's going to be coming out November 18th um, of this year uh, in the U.S. And uh, the three starters were announced. I think both of you guys have seen the starters, right? So we have... Yeah. I'll start off with the weirdest one. His name's Poplio. He's like a seal dog clown thing that's horrendous. <laughs> Strike fear in kids. It's a water starter. It's a sea lion, Jeez. I guess. Um, the fire starter is a fire cat named Litten. Um, which Grimecraft will probably love. The grass starter is actually grass and flying, moving on from that, uh, and his name's Rowlet. He has, like, a bow tie. Um, it seems like, as always, they make sure that the fire starter looks cool. I think the only fire starter that people didn't like was the fox that holds, like, a stick. But other than that, fire starter is always really <laughs> cool looking. Grass starters used to be, quote-unquote, the lamest ones. Um, a lot of people didn't like them, but I'm always a grass starter kind of guy. And the last couple of gens have had cool grass starters like last gen was like this like chipmunk like thing that was kind of like what blastoise did with turtles but with like chipmunk porcupines so as he evolved he got like very massive and he had like you know he just looked like more intimidating and then this one's cool it's like an owl so um do you guys have any any opinions on these pokemon these starters you got do they interest you do you like any of them more than the others i'd say for me about 90 of the percent of the time i look at pokemon starters i'm just going with the fire anyways like that's just me so i almost always choose fire no matter what but the interesting thing though is that the grass starter is the only uh dual type it's grass flying so yeah. that could actually give you a leg up um but then again there's always like i guess it doesn't matter that's flying because there's always that like first area like bird pokemon you know like in the originals it's pidgey and stuff like that so i don't know if it makes too much of a difference but uh, i think it's it's cool. It's always cool to see these announcements. No matter how super interested you are in Pokemon, there's always like the talk of like which one is the coolest looking, right? And for me, even though I like the owl guy the most, I think the cat definitely looks the coolest. He has the coolest name. Litten is pretty cool. <laughs> I think the sea lion one is the weirdest choice. I think it's very mm. off-putting. It's really weird. People don't really like clowns, from what I've understood throughout life, and 
to have a Pokemon revolved around that is just going to strike fear in kids. I bet his evolution will just be menacing, too, because he looks like a little Jesus. goofy circular God, clown right now. That thing will be nightmare fuel. <laughs> like, it'll be like, a, like, like it. It's scary. Um, you actually had a new story for us this week, didn't you, Jordan? Yes. Once again, I am bringing you the freshest news off the vine, this time coming to you from Imagine Games Network, a.k.a. IGN. Um, and today we have a story uh, that talks about how, um, like I mentioned, the upcoming expansion for Witcher 3, uh, Blood and Wine, is actually going to have some major graphical upgrading. So, um, Real quick, I was going to ask you, Dom, are you uh, interested in either of the expansion passes for um, Witcher 3? Because I know you played that game last year. Yeah, very. I want to jump back in. Because uh, it's yeah, been since the summer it came out, I put in the 50, 60-ish hours. Um, so I didn't, I didn't get to everything in the game in that much time. But yeah, I've been wanting to get back into it. And uh, this sounds like a, a good opportunity to do so. Well, you should hop on that Hearts of Stone and come along for the ride. Because I'll be playing it all months and, uh, you know, giving my impressions and stuff. Uh, but as for Blood and Wine... Um, IGN was talking to one of the senior environment artists over at CD Projekt Red. His name is Lynn DeGracia. And he explained that Blood and Wine uses use, uh, new display methods and optimizations to look better than the core experience. We wanted to show that you can actually push it to the limit this time, he said. Uh, As if they didn't before. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is they're like oh it's going to be better than the core experience and we're upgrading all this stuff and i'm like how how you guys made like an awesome game already you're just the Yo, way that, that's how the way that cd project red um works its butt off for their customers is just incredible and i don't think there's they're unrivaled in the industry in that sense um he said it's partly because it's setting to son is an entirely separate map um it's like a fresh development blood and wine we literally started from scratch um which that may be a little bit of hyperbole from him i don't think that they that blood and wine is literally like witcher 4 just a brand new game like i think that you know they took bits and pieces from here and there and then totally revamped a lot of it um it says it includes up to 90 percent new environmental assets and it employs different lighting uh, giving Tucson the distinct French feel that you can notice if you check out the screenshots. Um, and not only will it look better, but it's also going to run better. Um, you know, they had to make a few sacrifices with graphical, graphical downgrades and development. And um, once the original game was released last May, there was some performance patches that had to be put in to keep the frame rate up around 30. Um so it seems that Blood and Wire is going to fare differently in that sense. Um, hopefully it'll be running smoother. I don't think we could expect like 60 frames a second or anything like that, but um, I think it'll just be hitting 30 frames a lot more consistently. Yeah, so when he says we're uh, still aiming for that, he's talking about 30 frames a second. We're still aiming for that, but uh, for the most part we have already hit it, said DeGracia. In certain places we still need to run through stuff and try to optimize it the best we can. But in comparison to Witcher 3, production has been way smoother. Um, and then, of course, Dom, you know, the most important ab part about all of these graphical upgrades that Blood and Wine is going to see for The Witcher 3, the most important part is the fact that he says we have probably 20 the times the amount of vegetables that we used to in the main game. So, you know, if you're looking to munch down on a carrot or two and you're playing The Witcher 3, you got... Uh, bunch more vegetables to eat um with this news i've i don't have too much to say i think it's awesome for anybody that's a fan of the witcher i've played the witcher i need to get back into it i'm like 12 hours in i think maybe yeah a little bit more and i'm still in the first area because i'm a very bad completionist so a lot of times i run around trying to do everything i possibly can gather everything i can and sometimes it's a detriment to me playing a game it's not the game's problem it's mine um I just have one really quick thing to say is that if you're going to buy a season pass, you should buy season passes for games like this where they deliver DLC that's worthy of a season pass. Yes. Um, though some people did enjoy the Battlefront season pass and maybe some people enjoy the Call of Duty season passes, those seem completely watered down in in you know contrast to this. Like I think that 
if this is what they're promising and it comes out and everyone loves it and it is this very deep and enriching thing, which, I mean, you know, CD Projekt Red makes deep things, uh, all puns intended. Um, <laughs> so I, I think this is a season pass that people need to see and be like, this is the season pass we support. This is the season pass we want to yes. have. You know, Thank you so. for mentioning that, Jared, because, I mean, I love these guys so much. CD Projekt Red deserves the commendation because, yeah, this expansion pass, I think, you know, it's 20 or 30 bucks added onto the price, but... Not to mention all the free stuff they already gave. Yeah, they gave you 16 pieces of free DLC, and then these two expansions together are probably an extra 30 or 40 hours added onto your gameplay experience. So, yeah, I don't know how it couldn't be worth it if you are a fan, which, uh, if you got 12 hours in, I want to ask, like, did you enjoy the game? Were you into it? Oh, yeah, it wasn't... Me moving on from the game had nothing to do with the game itself. It was me going and collecting a bunch of things, you know, and kind of getting over... Not I wouldn't say overwhelmed. It was getting tedious, and it wasn't the yeah. game's fault. It was my fault because I was treating it as a completionist, and I was making sure to do absolutely everything I can in the small area, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's a game I want to go back and play. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, nothing to the game. I love the game. I'm only 12 hours in, but I, what I've played, I love it. So Okay. Yeah, that and that is uh, a lot of people have that problem with the game where there's just so much going on in The Witcher 3 that you can get very, very lost and you can start to feel like you're not getting anywhere. What's my? It's my problem in any open world game. It's a personal problem that I happens to me a lot. It happened in Skyrim. I, I beat Skyrim and had like over 150 hours in that game, but like it's just it's a problem I have personally because I'm a weird completionist, you know, so. Yeah. It's worth it though. If you enjoyed it and you got that far into it and you're, you're wanting to get back, I would say... Hop on the train, man, because uh, I really do think that's one of the greatest games of all time. So, one of the biggest pieces of news this week, another video game movie has a trailer. Uh, this was, pr- before I get into it, it's the Assassin's Creed trailer. It's weird to me that a lot of these, like, movie trailers or even, like, superhero trailers get announced on Jimmy Kimmel. He's, yeah. like, not, he doesn't seem like he knows what's going on with any of this stuff, you know? Jimmy Fallon seems like the type of person that they would show this stuff off on. He seems a little bit more culturally culturally relevant. Um, like he appreciates video games. He plays video games. It's weird to me that Jimmy Kimmel does these announcements on his show. Really weird to me. Either have way. you ever have you watched any of the uh, Conan O'Brien like Clueless Gamer segments or whatever? Those really are off putting to me. I don't really. Like that. <laughs> it's it's like okay, we get it. You're making fun of it because you're old and you are irrelevant now. I, it's just really weird to me. I don't get it. It rubs me. Oh, salty on the clueless gamer. Yeah, I, I don't like Conan O'Brien, and I really don't like Jimmy Kimmel. It seems like they oh. just use it to get views. They're not really even intrigued by it by any. Means. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah. these kids love video games, so let's do something with games. Um, well, now Coco Team Coco has their own like gaming YouTube channel, um, and the guy that's on Clueless Gamer with Conan is the guy that hosts it. So it does kind of feel like pandering. Yeah, it's really weird. Either way, that's doesn't matter either way. The Assassin's Creed trailer is currently sitting at 7.5 million views. Um, it has 125,000 likes and 11,000 dislikes. So it's not in uh, Call of Duty's territory as far as dislikes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the trailer to me looked awesome. Uh, I just want to talk about it real quick. We're running long on you, so just brief thoughts on the trailer, guys. For me, I think it's awesome. looks cool. Um, it could be a video game movie that hits, um, you know... And is really good. Michael Fassbender is amazing, so that's all I really want to say. I'm with you too. It looks sweet. I didn't mind the Kanye West music in it either. A lot of people were up in arms about that, but I thought it. I thought it was thematically fine. appropriate. I didn't mind. Yeah. It. Oh. For me, I've been waiting on this guy a long time. You guys know how big of a fan I am of the Assassin's Creed series, and I really liked Ratchet and Clank. I think that's the first video game movie I've seen that I really love. But, yeah, man, seeing this trailer, it just it looks freaking awesome. It's everything I could have wanted and, and all the hidden blades and all that. So, I guess to keep it simple, I'll just say, Gronk love Assassin's Creed! <laughs> I think, too, the thing that they got across in the trailer really well was um, they explained everything that this is, a, this is an Assassin's Creed movie. He's doing this, he's going to this, yada, yada, yada. Like, and then... For people who aren't fans of Assassin's Creed, they explain the storyline and the, the synopsis of everything really quickly. This is a guy, he got captured, he's going back in time to his relatives, he's killing people. You know? They made, yeah, they made the plot make sense like that, man. Like, super quick. 
ending on the leap of faith oh my god (laughs) if you had no idea what was you know what this game series was about or anything like that then you could just hop in and i think everyone's gonna enjoy this movie yeah even a movie that people thought that they might not enjoy that michael fassbender was in the steve jobs one was pretty well received you know so yeah I think he has a hard time making bad movies because he's lucky enough to, and you know, it's not just an actor, it's everybody that goes into the production, but, yeah. you know, they usually surround him with some really good talent, so I'm super stoked. Um, some real quick movie news, too. It's not super related to video games, but I thought it was of interest. Um, you know, we're still super stoked about Civil War and just can't get over it, obviously. One of the big takeaways was Black Panther. His solo movie's going to be coming out. It's directed by uh, Creed and Fruitvale Station director Ryan Coogler, who's had a lot of critical success lately. Um... So we obviously know that uh, Chadwick Boseman is going to be playing Black Panther. They're in talks to get uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who's, uh, I think she's Oscar nominated or Academy Award nominated. Um, she yeah, was in for Star 12 Wars. Years a Slave. Yeah, fantastic actress. She's in talks to be in the movie. Um, she will be playing the love interest if she is in the movie. And today they announced that Michael B. Jordan is going to be in the cast, which makes sense. He's worked with Ryan Coogler in Creed, which was critically acclaimed fruitvale station a lot of people thought the movie is great too so they work well together which is awesome um some people are speculating he's going to be a villain other people are speculating he might be like you know black panther's right hand man kind of thing um i'm interested to see what he plays he's a good actor but it's just really cool to see this casting getting into my topic here before we run too long on news i want to talk about video game movies so we talked about assassin's creed there's three big video game movies coming out this year after ratchet and clank um jordan you said you loved uh, ratchet and clank I didn't see it. Dom didn't see it. A lot of people didn't see it, unfortunately. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, but there's three huge franchises coming out this fallish or this year. We have Angry Birds, we have Assassin's Creed, and we have the Warcraft movie. Out of those three, the only one I'm going to see is the Assassin's Creed movie. Uh, Warcraft movie looks cool but it's a movie i'll catch on netflix or streaming service uh yeah angry birds looks like a comedy movie that would be funny if it came out five years ago when people were still playing that video game um oh it's true no one plays angry birds anymore um throw in shade i think the voice cast is cool they have a bunch of really awesome people in that movie yeah but it is it's way too late just like way too late um I don't think that movie is necessarily going to be good. I think it'll be a fun time for kids and yada, yada, yada. It'll probably make money because of families. If you make have a family-oriented movie, you're going to make money, period. The Warcraft seems like it'll be a movie no one really watches. I think people aren't really interested in that movie. I think hardcore Warcraft fans will go see it, but I don't think it's going to hit the general populace. Um, Assassin's Creed, I think, will. Assassin's Creed hits the action movie genre, which people will go out and see action movies. Wait till the Bourne uh, movie numbers come out this summer. When that movie launches, people love action movies, right? Um, I just don't think Warcraft will resonate with people to want to go see that movie. I think Assassin's Creed has, A, the best group of people making that movie and the best lead. And I think it'll be more culturally, culturally relevant to everyone. So for me, I think that Assassin's Creed will be a the critically the best and financially i think it'll make the most money out of those three so i just want to have a talk of like out of those three movies what do you think will be the best as far as a film and what do you think will be the best financially um and yeah just go with with whatever you guys want to talk about concerning those three movies um i'm right there with you pretty much along the whole way uh angry birds can stay in its nest for all i care Ooh, nice pun it might make a few dollars like you were saying the kids and whatever um but yeah I, i i no no desire concern for that whatsoever warcraft could be an all right movie um but i I think i agree with you that it's just not no they're gonna get at least as many views as they have uh wow subscribers but that is quite a bit though i mean yeah (laughs) you gotta think if you're paying 15 dollars a month to play this game you're probably gonna go see the movie around it but yeah um but i agree i don't think it'll have it could be a good movie but I, i don't foresee it having too much success but Assassin's Creed, I agree with you, the fact that it's an action movie. Um, and Michael Fassbender starring, I think it has a lot of potential. So, And I'm excited for it. You? Jordan, what do you think? So, yeah, I, you know, obviously I'm very excited for Assassin's Creed. Um, and I do think that they're, they've so far, everything I've seen from it looks like they're getting everything right that they need to. Angry Birds, yeah, it, it can uh, flip the bird for all I care, Dom. <laughs> Uh, we not talk puns. about. We make an agreement to not talk about Angry Birds on this podcast ever again after today. Okay, I, I'm down. Don't because, worry. Yeah, that's... society's doing that for us. 
<laughs> it, it, exactly. It's not even relevant with people who did care. So, um, a little bit late, a little bit late on uh, the old Warcraft movie. I'd say probably about ten years late I on agree. that one. Um, and the reason I think this one is going to be the bomb out of the three is because even Warcraft fans aren't talking about this movie. No, like no one on the internet is chatting about Warcraft, and and I just think it's going to. Like the only thing people are talking about is the fact that the special effects really don't look very good and they don't look realistic. And we're used to good special effects by now in big action movies. So, you know, if I had to predict it, I would say that, yeah, I think Warcraft's going to flop at the box office. So, um, good luck to them, but it's not looking too good, uh, from my point of view. So, um, yeah, I think the Assassin's Creed movies, uh, going to be awesome. And, I think they've actually even started production on a sequel with that one, so there has to be something good there. If Michael Fassbender's acting in it, helping write and produce it, he's got his fingers in there, and then you know they're already greenlighting a sequel. So I, I think the we're safe uh, with our hopes of the Assassin's Creed movie. Well, I think too when you look at these three movies, like a general audience person, somebody who's not familiar with video games, like. You look at these three movies, right? If you have kids, Angry Birds is a viable option, right? If you don't have kids, it's, you probably don't want to go see it. Just, you know, whatever. Um, Assassin's Creed has a cool factor. Even if you don't like video games, you hear a movie and it has the name Assassin. Like, it has the word Assassin in it. Assassin's Creed. That sounds cool, right? Even the trailer, that even the leap of faith, even if you don't know what that's from or what it means. Seeing a guy jump off that tall of a building... To obviously, you assume he lives if you're not familiar with Assassin's Creed, because then where would the rest of the movie go? Like, it has Crunch. the cool factor down, right? Hundred yeah. percent has the cool factor down, um, and that sells movie tickets. Warcraft, like I, I agree with you, the the CGI seems weird, seems forced. Um, people think that just because they make these fantasy movies, because like Game of Thrones is really popular now and stuff like that, that they'll succeed. I just think Warcraft is a really it, it doesn't appeal to like anybody really. Like, it's a fantasy movie, but it's, like, it seems like a very... Though it's based on a very popular and, like, well-received franchise, it seems like a very generic movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, Assassin's Creed, action movies can stick around with sequels. You see that with, like, the spy movies with, like, Mission Impossible and even Born this year and insert action movie here. Like, people love those movies and they'll come back to see them. And yeah. I, I agree with you guys. Like, I don't think there's... I think we all agree, really, that... Warcraft will probably be the flop, and that Assassin's Creed will probably be the breadwinner, right? Sure. I think there's no argument there. Um, we have a couple of minutes left in this topic. We haven't ran too long. Um, do you guys think there will be a video game movie that we haven't heard announced yet that will come out in the next couple of years? Like, maybe a property that hits with people? Do you guys think there's like a video game movie we haven't heard of that might be in the works? Well, we have heard about Last of Us and Uncharted movies both. Uh, I think Last of Us is in development hell, but Uncharted actually has a tentative date for next summer, so who knows if that gets worked out. It's really interesting. Hmm. I'm not too yeah. hopeful for that. but <laughs> I say that I wouldn't want to see an Uncharted movie, but like I've never played the game, so maybe a movie would be a cool thing to check out. Um, it's... I the games do such a good job at being movies already. Yeah. It seems redundant in that. That's certainly the best part about them. Uh, <laughs> so before we get too long on this, we'll just transfer over. Thank you guys for listening to us talk about video game movies and which one will succeed. Uh, we're going to get on to the next topic here. Dom, what do you want to talk about? So yeah, we'll, we'll jump right into it. Nice transition. I want to talk about Uncharted 4. Um, I'm about, or probably less than halfway through. I'm up through chapter eight right now of uh, twenty something, um, and like I said before, like this game is an undisputed ten out of ten. Naughty Dog Jeez. is the pinnacle of what developers should strive to be. Um, when you You're look at insulting CD Projekt Red, when you when you look at the the parts on their own in a vacuum, you can make valid complaints, but when this game how this game comes together as a whole product is unlike anything else that exists. The, the, the most impressive thing about it is um, those cinematic elements we kind of hinted at earlier, um, but also the integration or you know the seamlessness between those cinematic cutscenes and the gameplay. Even when you're in a fist fight, for example, the, the killing moves or the knockout punches or whatever all f you know flow so well between 
the actual gameplay and the cinematic, you know, you know, the end move or whatever where Nate throws a guy into the wall and that kind of stuff. Um, the the shooting mechanics are good. There's probably better games that or games that do it better, but the shooting mechanics are, are well above average, serviceable, of course. I don't the climbing know. the climbing is fun. In this game, I think does it better than the previous three, where it it kind of ushers you along a certain path without putting a glowing you know a glowing ledge in front of you necessarily, right? It's not like it feels like you're watching a movie where you could go another way, but for some reason you just have this sense to go in one direction to jump towards that ledge. And it's always the right way. I've had very few moments where you think you're supposed to jump one way and you end up falling and that's not where the game intended. There are a few immersion breaking moments like that, but very rare. They do a very good job of making that come together in this one. And then on top of all that, this is very much the last Uncharted game and they like to let you know that. Um, there are lots of Easter eggs and throwbacks to the other games and you just get that sense of finality when you're playing this game and the other the one other thing i wanted to point out and me and jordan talked about this earlier uh, i won't spoil it but there's probably the best easter egg ever in a video game in my opinion a couple of chapters in this game so Wait, are you, we can spoil it it's not like if it's a couple of chapters is it... no, 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 no. i don't want to do that um the storytelling the cinematic i like everything just comes together so perfectly and i can't wait to, to finish the game and see what this ending is that everyone seems to love um so, Jordan, what do you think? Let's hear your complaints. Um, you know, my uh, my thoughts, uh, my love for the game is much less than yours. There's parts that I love about it, and then there's a lot of parts that just uh, I'm not so happy about. Um, of course, the game's beautiful. The graphical fidelity is very high. How did I not and... mention that? Yeah, the score the score is great. The music is awesome. Um, all the voice acting and the characters are done really well. Um, but those are never those have never been things that Naughty Dog has struggled with. They've always excelled at all those things. So I wasn't expecting any less coming off of Uncharted Three and The Last of Us. Um, however, I was expecting um, some more improvements in the gameplay and some more innovation. Um, I wanted them to push the genre forward, to push the Uncharted franchise forward, and also to push the PlayStation 4 forward, which they did in some aspects where, you know, they probably are pushing it graphically just about as far as it can be taken. Um, though I would still argue that Infamous Second Son looks just as good, if not better, than this game. Hey, don't give me those eyes, Dom! You want to see a real-life Seattle in a video game, even though that doesn't make any sense? You play some Infamous. <laughs> it's a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous game. Um, but anywho, besides the uh, the graphical aspects, like I said, I, there's just not enough innovation there, uh, gameplay-wise and mechanically. Um, I mean, it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's a better-looking Uncharted 3. They've added... Uh, rope swinging and they've added uh, rock sliding which are both like seriously minor additions and they don't change the game in any positive or negative way they're just kind of there um, and other than that there's really nothing like the shooting's the best it's ever been I'll say that much for for this one in the series it's come a long way but even then, I think, like, Quantum Break blows this shit out of the water. Um, and I'm not even talking about the powers, the time powers. You can pull those out, and Quantum Break is, is leaps and bounds over Uncharted 4 any day of the week. So, um, there's still the, the same pacing issues that the series has, that I've grown accustomed to with, with the Uncharted series, because... You know, it's really just run, 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 shoot, 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 climb, 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 do a little puzzle, and then you start it all over again and do the exact same thing, and there's not enough variety in the gameplay, um, or just in the experience in general. So, um, in my mind, I look at Uncharted 1 through 4, and I look at The Last of Us, and I just think that what Naughty Dog is doing these days is making, um 
very beautiful and pristine games that sound and look amazing and they take your breath away in that sense and that's great but when it comes to the games they're just average to me they're nothing better than average because like i said you know remedy studios like remedy are blowing them away with the third person shooting gameplay or even ubisoft with the division is way better and then um when it comes to mechanical variety and um just a a, a diverse and immersive experience i think yeah like i said earlier cd project red or uh, Rocksteady with the Arkham games. There's just so much more to do in those games, and they're so fun, and it's not even just because they're open world. There's just more variety, and, and the pacing uh, is a lot better because you're not um, just so used to that, that same same loop and cycle of running, shooting, climbing, and puzzling. So, um, I, yeah, I guess my simplest thoughts on this game are a little bit disappointing because other than the fact it looks better i really don't see very many improvements coming from naughty dog from you know either uncharted 3 or the last of us um i I'll, i want to get in here before dom rebuttals um, so for me i've never played an uncharted game but i just want to talk about naughty dog real quick for a second so when last of us came out i immediately bought a ps3 to play last of us I have never felt the need to buy a console to play Uncharted. Nothing to say against the game franchise. You can love it or hate it. The thing that I feel, and I've seen plenty of Uncharted gameplay, and to me, it feels like with Last of Us, you can say maybe the gameplay isn't great or, every, or anything, but like, it seems like a good molding of getting a game and getting a story and putting those two together and making them work, right? Yeah. With Uncharted, it seems like, and it, it's the same problem I had with Tomb Raider, and maybe it's just a product of those type of games, but like, it, and some games do this. It seems like you have a story and you try to say, how can we make this a game? And that's what it yep. feels like with the Uncharted games. Personally, it's like, we have yep. this fantastic story. Now, how do we make it a video game? Sure. See, I see what you're saying, but I think it does it fantastically. I mean, Uncharted and The Last of Us do it better than any other game. They blend a story and a like, game. Man, the, 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 the problem I have is like Uncharted just seems like a really nice movie. Like... When I see games that have really beautiful cutscenes and they tell a really awesome story, for instance, I'll even have comparison to their own other game, Last of Us. When I think about Last of Us and I think of all of the cinematic stuff and like watching the, the parts of the game, I'm like, oh yeah, I love those parts, plus I love playing the game. It seems like if I were to play Uncharted, I could just watch the cutscenes and I would never think twice about the gameplay I had. And maybe that's me yeah. coming from somebody who's never played the franchise, so I could be completely out of base on this, right? But, I don't know. Just... I totally agree. I will say... I don't love any of the gameplay in Naughty Dog's game since Jack X Combat Racing, shout out, on the PS2, but uh, I would say I do like The Last of Us gameplay better than Uncharted. Plus, we're saying is a 10 a 10 or is it an 8? Like, it's still a great game. Like, we're basically picking stones at this point. Like, obviously, it's a well, good game. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd say for my rating, if I had to put one on it, would probably be like a 7.5-ish to 7.8. Like, for I you, you to get you. an 8... For you to get an 8 from me, you have to do something special. Dom, at any point in your gameplay experience with Uncharted, I could walk into the room and say, Hey, Dom, what are you going to be doing next? And if you were climbing, then you would probably say shooting. And if you were shooting, then you'd probably say climbing. And, you know, 75% of the time, you'd be correct because there's just nothing else happening. There's, like, one level where you do a scuba dive and you hook up a, a fallen ship to the, your boat. Um, and there's one where you're climbing around as Kid Drake, but you're still just climbing. Like, it, that's what I'm saying is there's just not enough diversity in the gameplay. But they still got you to buy the fourth installment of it and want to play it. Sure, you know, I want to be part of the conversation, and, you know, we're definitely not getting enough awesome first-party exclusives from Sony on the PS4. And, um, you know, I know I talk shit about Naughty Dog, but... Like, Jack and Daxter is the reason I love PlayStation so much. I originally beat Jack and Daxter on a neighbor's PlayStation 2, and I was like, holy shit, this is so good, I have to, like, get it and get its sequels for, you know, I have to get a PS2 so I can play all this stuff. And then I got into Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper, and so that's how I got into Naughty Dog and Insomniac, or Insomniac and Sucker Punch. But yeah, Naughty Dog was like my first PlayStation experience, or PlayStation 2 experience, I should say, 
And I've loved those guys ever since then. So really these last 10 years since Uncharted 1, I've been like, I mean, I don't want to get like all emotional. I'm not like <laughs> super upset. But yeah, it has kind of like, I've felt sad about it because they're not, I get it. I get that Nathan has to, you know, murder 1,500 guys before he gets to the top of the mountain where the treasure is. But it's like the point you just made, Jared, about them making a story first and gameplay second. That rings so true to me. I just I couldn't agree more with that because there's they even have a trophy in Uncharted Four. If you kill a thousand people, it's something about like narrative dissonance. I can't remember what the exact trophy is called, but it's basically just talking about how. Nathan's supposed to be like this happy-go-lucky guy and this guy that you're supposed to get along with and want to be around. And there's no way Elena would marry that guy. Like, Elena's an actual good person and he's like a raving murderer. And just like, the, the narrative dissonance there doesn't make any sense. So I totally agree with the fact that I feel like they come up with their stories before the gameplay. I want to hear what you have to say, Dom. You've been mighty quiet this whole time. Give me, give me a rebuttal, Dom. I just I, called it a seven point eight. I just, I to start, I guess, like this is the best looking video game ever, like on any platform. I mean, I guess we could say you could make an argument that there's been better looking video games for their time, right? I can't but, wait to see it on Neo. Right, exactly. But like this, I mean. That's the first thing that I somehow forgot to mention earlier. Yeah, this is the best-looking video game ever created, ever. I, I think it's undisputed. Like, I don't think you can make an argument otherwise. I um, do I do make the argument that Infamous Second Son comes very close, if not surpassing it, because, holy shit, that game's like... It makes my eyes poop rainbows, dude. Um, I, I will agree with you guys that uh, The Last of Us... I mean, I think The Last of Us is overall a better game. Um, that's one of my favorite games of all time. The Uncharted games are just, you know, right behind that. Last of Us just, if you think about it, you really are doing less than even in an Uncharted game. There's no puzzles. There's no climbing. Yeah, yeah but it doesn't that. seem like anything's forced, though, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, there is and less, but that, that might be a better thing. Like, they're not trying to I, force all these gameplay things on you. I would even say that there's more uh, mechanical variety because it's really cool how you have the whole crafting system and how... You don't pause the game when you craft, so you have to like find a corner, and then just the scrounging system, trying to find these little bits and pieces to put together a new weapon because your old weapon's breaking down. Like that's the type of stuff that I want. If Naughty Dog's not going to be making a fun, jumpy game, like well, it needs to have things that are smart and you know intellectual that they put in there to be like, okay, this makes sense for the world. Of course, Nathan Drake shooting a thousand guys makes sense the, for the world because these big corporations that he's going up against want the treasure that he's getting. And so I just like it better in Last of Us when everything matters so much more for the gameplay. And the thing, too, is like, so if this is the final game, I understand that everyone's saying it's a final game, that the ending alludes to this and yada, yada, yada. Money speaks for itself. People thought Gears of War was done. Guess what? We're getting another Gears with the sun. Yeah. yeah. If if this is the final game for Uncharted, I do have to respect Naughty Dog for knowing when to say we're done. Being able to end a story is something that's really hard in video games because it's, hey, sequel, hey, sequel, hey, sequel. It's yeah. very hard to have a very closed-off story where there's a clear beginning and a clear end. And I agree. This... I, I want to jump off that, too. Neil Druckmann and... Um... The other guy, Bruce Staley. Bruce Springsteen. The, <laughs> the amount of care and like concern they poured into this game, and I can't even imagine the hours. Like you can just feel it from them. You know how much they put into this game. It just it radiates off of it. The level of polish that comes with this, with all the Naughty Dog games, is astounding to me. For me, I don't, I don't think I've ever played a ten out of ten game. I, I, I've never played a game that was perfect, honestly. If I have a conversation well, about the video game... 10 out of 10 game, doesn't mean perfect, at least not to me. To me, it means perfect, because it's 10 out of 10. Like, to me, if I'm talking about a game and I say everything is awesome, but... The moment I say but means it's not a perfect experience. Therefore, in my heart, it's not a 10 out of 10. And that's the way I look at it personally. Plus, I think scores are bullshit. I think the way I look at games is like, should you play this? Should you rent this? Should you buy this? You know, like, 
I, I really, to me, review scores don't mean jack shit, but that's just my opinion. So, I think yeah. people will be getting mad about somebody giving an eight point eight. Who cares? Everyone has an opinion. Like, why, I don't really understand why people got so mad. And this is a great example of why review scores just don't work because I just said, you know, a ten out of ten to me doesn't mean it's perfect. Obviously, to you, it's different. So yeah, yeah. that's why re- review scores <laughs> exactly. cause a lot of a dissonance there. Yeah. Um, Super I, subjective. I, right. Right. Let me let me end by saying that the best thing about Uncharted Four is that this means that Naughty Dog is now working on The Last of Us Two. Sure. The best thing about Uncharted Four is that they're working on something that's not Uncharted. Maybe I was a bit of a hyperbole, but point being, I'm really excited. I have a question for you guys, real quick. A, do you think that Naughty Dog will make something other than Last? Do you think they'll have a new IP in the next like five to ten years? And B, do you think that this will be when it's all said and done, and this console generation's done? That's if we move on to the next console, whatever happens. Do you think that Uncharted 4 will be the quote-unquote game of PS4? Like, do you think no. that'll be the game that people think is the best game no. of PS4? You don't think so? It, it will be The Last of Us 2, which will come out in two or three years. Um, and then their new IP will probably hit the next console generation, I'd imagine. But I do think they will do something new. But their next game, I, think, I imagine, will be Last of Us. I mean, for me, like, I could already think of a top ten on my PS4 that doesn't even include uncharted and that's insane obviously i'm not super high <laughs> on the game but but yeah like bloodborne ratchet and clank infamous second son witcher 3 batman arkham knight like i could go on and on so but that, that's that goes back to our argument about reviews and just things in general like video games are so subjective they're like music and stuff like you know just because something is quote-unquote a masterpiece it doesn't mean it resonates with people you know like yeah so i will say my closing thought on this subject um, I am loving the story. I'm loving the characters and the way it's written, which I always do in Naughty Dog games. That's never the problem. Um, but I will say, when I'm running around playing this game, I'm getting very excited for Tomb Raider on PS4 this fall. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, I think we've talked enough about Uncharted 4. Dom's just shaking his head. Jordan, you have a gripe, just like you do with Naughty Dog, about Battlefield 1. What's your topic for us this week? Yeah, so originally uh, going into this podcast, I was saying that my topic was bad video game names, but uh, I think I just want to you know, talk about video game names because, yes, I do think Battlefield 1, the number one, is a terrible name for a video game, especially when it should be Battlefield 5. <laughs> it doesn't make any <laughs> sense and doesn't look good on a poster or a game cover, so I think that's a really terrible idea. Um, I think it's going to sell fine. I don't think that'll hurt it, but it's just unappealing and definitely doesn't catch my eye. So if you have all the cases, um, you're going to have Battlefield, Battlefield 2, 3, 4, yeah. 1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then besides just bad names, I want to shout out the Ratchet and Clank series for, you know, all their awesome sexual innuendos like Going Commando and Up Your Arsenal um, even the the South Park games, uh, the fractured butthole. Right, yeah, or uh, Ratchet and Clank Quest for Booty, which is great. A uh, little pirate inspired DLC there. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Some give me some terrible and some awesome video games. So real quick, I think the biggest thing is you want to make your game as generic as possible sounding, so people understand it, but not super generic. Like adjectives are your best friend. Like synonyms antonyms just look for anything you can right i think that the problem like for instance battleborn super generic name super I hate generic that stuff the, uh, but going on top of that dark souls two simple words but they're very specific to what the game is about and right. it's a very unique name dark souls okay it's, it's very dark and there's something to do with souls you get into the game i understand it but you understand in a conversation when you say Dark Souls, you're talking about the video game Dark Souls. When you say Battleborn, oh, you mean Battlefront? Oh, you mean this? Oh, you mean that? Like, it's it's very super generic. I think that it's a fine craft that you have to tune in. You know, the word Uncharted. If before the game Uncharted, Uncharted, okay, Uncharted, that's an interesting word. Why don't we call our game that? Because he goes to Uncharted territories and yada, yada, yada. Like... It's finding very specific things but are generic enough for people to understand that I think are the best names, right? They can yeah. even be off the wall, but still if they're simple. Crash Bandicoot. Crash. He bounces into stuff. Bandicoot. I guess that's an animal? Let me look it up. What the hell, right? 
Um, Spyro the Dragon. It's a guy named Spyro that's a dragon. Like, you know, I think naming is a very keen art that people don't really think about. I think it can make or break your game in the indie scene. Um, you know, Child of Light, fantastic name. Limbo, fantastic. Uh, Valiant Hearts, The Great War, super awesome name, right? It's about a war that you can make super generic and say something about something, but Valiant Hearts, it talks about the type of people that were in that, what they endured, and just a name, like, and they're super weird, like, JRPGs get really weird names. I think that's one of the genres that they go off the wall. Man, they just announced this Wii U game. It's like, Persona something F-sharp 13 fantasy. Yeah, that's the, uh... I don't even know. That's the Fire Emblem Persona crossover. Yeah, I the name is ridiculous. Even so, my favorite game franchise, Mass Effect. That just sounds badass. Love it. What is a Mass Love Effect? It. You know, I agree. it Mass sounds Effect. sci-fi. It gets well, across. well, I could explain that for you. Yeah, <laughs> I can explain that. It's when you reduce your mass to. Um, but yeah. no, I I agree with you, Jared. I mean, it's not it's not hard to make. I mean, the game the names have to be at least good, right? But yeah, when there are yeah. things when whenever the word battle is in the name of your game, you can fuck right off, I guess, because, like, it's, well, even, it's so old. It's like, So look at Battleborn's competition, <laughs> Overwatch. Instead what of going with something that has to do with the combat, they're like, okay, what? there's a group of fighters. What are they part of? Let's create the story. Okay, they're part of a group called the Overwatch. Okay. Overwatch. Right. That's a cool name. That's a cool name, you know? It's a group of people doing something. And it, it's maybe similar to Battleborn, but Battleborn is such a generic name, man. It's so generic. The worst part is, how does a beta get more traction than the game release? Like, the Overwatch beta had more traction on new sites and stuff than the release of a full game. I think that people hear Battleborn, it's like, oh, that sounds boring, you know? I do think that, you know, Overwatch may sound cooler than Battleborn, but they're definitely both super generic. Yeah, I, think Overwatch I, is, I think Overwatch is better than it, um, but I guess from to, to the normal core audience. Also, logos have a lot to do with this, with a name. You can have a name that looks cool. You can have a cool name, but then the logo, if it's A, hard to read, B, doesn't make sense with the game. Like, I think those kind of go hand in hand, having a name and having a logo. Um, like, And if it's very iconic, like Dark Souls, I can tell if something's written in Dark Souls font, you know? Just because right. I remember the cover. Like, um, yeah, I think, what, what else, what, what are the games can I think of? Uh, the Legend of Zelda is cool. Whenever you add the Legend of in something, that sounds badass, right? Yeah. Obviously, that led to many of people uninformed thinking that the lead character was named Zelda. Yeah. But <laughs> but it's still Fire Emblem. That's a cool. It's it's generic kind of, but it's still cooler than something else. I still don't get that. I'll have to figure that out. I'm yeah. Sure, there's a meaning to it. Pokemon Pocket Monsters. That's cool. I it's and then Digimon's like, okay, we're gonna make them too, but they're digital. <laughs> digital monsters. Okay. I'm gonna shout out Infamous Second Son for having a stupid ass name, even though it's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, it makes no sense within the context of the game. It's not the second game in the series; it's the third, and it's just generally confusing. So I don't know why they did that. I've not played any of the Infamous games, but I guess I was always under the assumption that play the Spider-Man game Inf- when it comes out. Sorry, right. um, I was always under the assumption that. It was called Infamous because, the, you know, your protagonist was not necessarily famous, right? Like, you were the kind of an anti-hero. Like, am I wrong? Well, it just means infamous like you're well-known and people know about you because you can be, you know, infamously good or infamously bad, I guess. Well, I think um, I always thought infamous was just famous but negative. No, no not necessarily. necessarily. Just mean well-known, really. Okay. Um, but then, yeah... The only good part about Second Son is that um, the game's called Second Son, and then the DLC is called First Light, so it kind of plays off each other there. Before we get off cool. of this topic um, and move on to the closing of the show, we talked about this before the show, and we were talking about what topics you're going to bring up. Infinite uh, Infinite Warfare is terrible because Infinity Ward's making the game, and it's really weird that they're going to have a game called Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And you brought up the point: Advanced Warfare makes sense. It's Advanced Warfare, you know. Ghosts, simple name. Uh, Black Ops even makes sense. Infinite Warfare, what could that possibly mean? You know? Yeah. I'm stuck in war We're for using the rest of my life. Only infinite guns. They should from just now call on. it Call of Duty Groundhog Day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
It's it's a really bad name. It's a it's it's a really bad name. Um, I wish it would have been like Galactic Warfare or something like that, like Spacey. That sounds way better. The thing that Galactic Nintendo has Warfare. above other companies is that because their like pillar franchises are so known, they just use the name everybody knows and then throw random shit at the end of it. Donkey yeah. Kong, Tropical Freeze, uh, Super Mario, uh, Sunshine. You know, like <laughs> they're just like just yeah, toss something up there and let's see what sticks. You you're know? allowed that laziness when you have yeah. the most reputable, no, you know, the most well-known names. Zelda though does have some like I like the name Twilight Princess. Whether or not the game's good or not, Twilight Princess I think is a cool name. Ocarina of Time is really cool. Skyward um, Sword is really cool considering the the gameplay and how it's set even up. Even Wind Waker I think was a cool yeah. name because yeah. wind what he's waking the winds what. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna have to shout like, out Jack and Daxter because I think their names are really cool and uh, of course Jack X Combat Racing because it was the last time I was having. I'm fun gonna start with charging you game. every time you bring up that game. That's like four times. We're gonna I have, have a, to. we're gonna have a curse jar instead of curses every time you bring up that damn racing game or whatever it is you guys should play jack x it's really fun man I love i'm gonna wait game. for uncharted racing uncharted x dude if they did uncharted racing i would be down <laughs> that look their car mechanics seem pretty cool um yeah i think we're running a little long here guys uh do you guys have any closing words on video game names that are weird or are really good sly cooper and the thievius raccoonus the thievius hmm all right Oh, what was the name? What's the name of of Star Fox? They call it something else in Australia oh. or something, right? Well, it's Star Fox Zero. But then, the then they call it Star Fox Lycan something, right? Lycan Wars or not Lycan? That's what the <laughs> world. Something World, uh, something Wars, something with an L. Either way, it's really weird. Uh, yeah, but Star Fox Zero, it's like we're rebranding it because this game was made before all the other ones. Look at the graphic fidelity, because um, <laughs> it looks like a GameCube game. Uh, <laughs> you didn't catch that. Um, all right, this has been episode 11 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. We talked about Jack and Daxer Combat Racing, I think is what it's called. Uh, Jack X Combat Racing. Jack X Combat Racing, sorry. Apologies. Um, we talked about Uncharted 4 and how much Dom loves it and how much Jordan hates it. Uh, oh, you can, I don't you can hate publish it. that on a, on a, on a, a news article. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for watching or watching if on YouTube or listening on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you find us. Um, before we get into the full closure, we're going to say what we're going to be playing. I'm going to be finishing up Lords of the Fallen, uh, playing some Magic, uh, the Gathering, the free game on Xbox One. It's probably on PS4, too. Um, I just had some... Uh, I just felt like playing a card game. Uh, Legend... Uh, Legend, Yeah, Elder Scrolls Legends is pretty fun. I've been playing that, too. So, just finishing up Lords of the Fallen. Um, I don't think there's anything else... Doom came out today, but I that game seemed like it'd be something I played for five minutes and I wouldn't play again. Yep. It did nothing to me for me. Um, but uh, yeah, just Lord of the Fallen and a bunch of other random stuff. So what about you guys? Well, I, you know, I'm not in love with the gameplay, as I've already stated many a time, but I am very excited to see the narrative conclusion to not only Nathan Drake's story, but also that of his pal Sully, his wife Elena, and his brother Sam. So I'm excited to hopefully finish Uncharted this week before our next show. Um, and then I am just about to dig right into the Witcher uh, Hearts of Stone DLC before Blood and Wine comes out later this month with 20 more kinds of vegetables. <laughs> Dom, what about you finishing up Uncharted 4, I assume? Yeah, I'll finish Uncharted probably this weekend, and then try to finish up Dark Souls. I'm probably, you know, at the last, like, point. I mean, I've just beaten, like, the three Lords of Cinder, I believe. Like, those three guys that you have to beat in your order of choice or whatever. Three Lords of Tinder. Oh, yeah. Okay, I got you. So, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, you know, I'm... Not the three Lords of Grinder. (laughs) What is see what their character designs would be like. (laughs) Oh, I got. I got to tell you guys a story about that okay. later. Anyway, it is not. Oh shit! All right. Anyways, you're gonna be finishing Uncharted Four, playing Dark Souls Three. Yeah, and then I'm looking forward to the next uh, piece of Fallout DLC, Far Harbor. Far Harbor. Gronk love Far Harbor. That comes out soon, so I'll play some of that. Awesome. Okay, so thank you guys for listening to episode 11 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast. As always, you can follow us on uh, SoundCloud. You can follow us on Twitter. When we reach 50 followers, we will be giving away 
Star Wars The Force Awakens, so definitely follow us in there if you haven't already. Uh, we have a new series on our YouTube called Indie Hype, which I started last week, which are uh, one to three minute videos spotlighting a certain indie game. It came out pretty well, I think, so definitely check that out if you want it on our YouTube. Go watch Indie Hype, people. It's good shit. Talking about Katana Zero this week. And uh, yeah, definitely, subs- definitely subscribe to our YouTube um, follow us, leave us a like and a rating on iTunes if you can. It helps the show grow. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining us. As always, we will catch you guys in the next one. Any closing thoughts, Jordan Dump? Greatness from small beginnings. R.I.P. Nate. Let's see if he dies. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. See you guys next week. Bye.